0: So today we're gonna to have a, a full session with just going over the trip and reporting to you what will happen and give you a little bit audio impression, hopefully, but video impression and a detailed spiritual report as well. So you'll, you'll, you'll feel like you've been there a little bit. So we, on November 8, we went from Kansas City to Cairo. That was Chris and I, mine is Zander. Um, Maggie already traveled a day earlier. We spent most of the time, and I'll, we'll get into some photos here in a second, preaching in churches that Maggie and Joseph are working with. And for those of you that haven't met Joseph, that's Joseph, but some of you already met him because he was already here at this church. Maybe you can tell a little bit later at, at your turn uh, about Joseph. Then we did some sightseeing in, in Cairo and Alexandria. And then every day what had had a meeting with one of his many amazing friends. I mean, but is just connected. That's really the short of it. We stayed at the most of the time at MEPS Middle East Baptist Seminary. Here's the website. You may just want to look it up to get a feeling for what that Bible Institute is all about and what's being taught there. And then from November 15 on, onward, we, were in, we flew to Juba and we in Juba. Juba basically was 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. teaching every day. Uh, there were four pastors taking turns, morning session, afternoon session, master and bachelor's. So Chris was doing one class, Wagi another, then Joseph, the third one, and David Dickerson, from a peach Tree baptist church in georgia who uh, who was instrumental in setting it up and running it he was the fourth preacher so morning afternoon master bachelor four teachers 7 a.m to 7 p.m and you were brain dead after that i mean you guys were i i wasn't i just helped out wherever i could like hey there's computer breaks hey we need audio or something is not working, then that was my, my job. Now, why is that important, these bachelor and master students? There's, there's one thing Wagi mentioned and you'll probably elaborate more, but one thing, one reason why it's so important is when there's a Muslim student from Morocco or Algeria or Libya or Saudi Arabia or, or anywhere else, that becomes a Christian, he's anathema in his own country and anywhere in the Muslim world. Now, if he goes to this Bible Institute in Cairo, he can't because the the, the government basically says, hey, you're a Muslim, you're not supposed to be here getting Christian teaching you're out, or if the school, well, maybe the school accepts him, and, but and then the school gets in trouble. Now, if you do the same thing in Sudan, it's a wholly different ball game. And I'll get to that in, in a second in more detail, but in Sudan, it is a Christian country. I mean, not more Christian than Germany or the US or anywhere else where you, it's nominally Christian, but you're not under these Muslim guidelines so that basically means the college in Sudan where, where the we were teaching can accept that student, whereas the one in Egypt cannot. This is huge from a multiplication point of view. And then we flew back on November 22nd and 23rd to, to Cairo and to, uh, to Kansas City with a couple of travel delays, but that all worked out. Next one, please. I wanna give you a brief overview of what you're dealing with in South Sudan. I mean, I've been to 50 countries, but South Sudan is a place where I had no idea what to expect. Just a couple of bullet points I wanna cover with you. First of all, you're wondering, who's that guy? That's the president of the country. And the next question you're gonna have is, why is he wearing this hat? He got it from George W. Bush and he liked it apparently so much he got several of these hats and i'm mentioning this because george w bush when he was in the u.s took him and connected him to a couple of churches in midland texas and all of that where bush is from now i'm not saying he's a christian i don't know but this is a whole different game than if he had been invited to local mosques in the u.s you you see what i'm saying so newest country on the earth since 2011 split from Sudan, the new country, South Sudan, where we were, 11 million people. That's Kansas and Missouri together. I'm trying to put this in perspective for you. Kansas, Missouri together, 500,000 in Juba, which is the capital, that's Kansas City, Missouri. Not Overland Park, not Kansas City, Kansas, not Independence, KC, MOBE, nothing else. It's roughly the size of France or Afghanistan in terms of that. Of 226 countries, it is the 221st richest, meaning they got nothing. I mean, they're the sixth poorest country. There's much ethnic violence between the different, uh, between the different uh, tribes and factions in the country. But here's something interesting. 50% of the population is under 18 years old, 50%. In the U.S., the median age is probably 30, it's 38, the midtown, the mid, I mean for practical purposes, the midtown median age is probably 30 because of Kaya, because we're a very young church, we're, it's not an average church in the U.S., but this is huge because any impact in this country will multiply big time, because those, th- those guys will have kids, those, those guys will grow, Big time. Um, Then it's also a unique country because Arabic is widely used, but it's a black African country, but it's a Christian country. So there's about 60% Christians, about 33% traditional and only 6% Islam. So in a very closely neighboring to Egypt and South Sudan and you know all of the Middle East, this is, this is a unique place. Uh, traditional faith is just the, the native-type faiths, you know, the, the tribal religions and those type of things. And when, when I say Christian, I mean the whole thing. Roman Catholics, Episcopalians, Presbyterians, Pentecostals, the whole thing. But what I also mean by that is this is not communist or this is not... Islam or this is not any of these other things meaning a lot of the things that happen in this country run by the Christian filter even though these people may not be born again in the sense you and I define being born again uh, but it makes a whole different atmosphere for example the hotel we were at had you know hotels many times have like these 10 or 20 flags hanging out and blowing in the wind the Israeli flag was among them. You don't see that a whole lot, not in this part of the world. Either you just leave it off altogether because either you don't care or because you're opposed to it, but they had it up. Next one, please. Uh, Skip that one, please. Well, we've seen that many times. We, we, We love you, Sander, and... But, but also this is really an opportunity, not just for anybody else, but uh, anybody else. I mean, this is a great trip, great opportunity. Go, if it's not on this trip, go to another trip. There's always an empty, empty spot. Next one. I'm just gonna show you a couple of pictures with the sightseeing and, and the things we did in Egypt. Waki is gonna send you some more or show you some more here in a second. So we're going through an open book market here. Um, they just store it on the streets. Next one. Uh, this was from the top of one of the buildings onto other buildings. I mean, it's just, you know, the building code thing and things like that, what we got here. They don't work the same way there. I don't mean this in a bad way. It's just, It's just the way things are. Next one. Well... You know, this painting, this painting, I, I should have pulled up the painting where, where this artist, God and, and, and Adam touching their fingers. You know that one? Well, it's kind of like that. Next one, please. So we were going on this camel ride uh, in front of it. It was, it was just, just great. Next one, please. And these are the, the I mean, there's multiple uh, pyramids, but th- these are the pyramids right next to uh, Cairo. Meaning you're what fi- fifteen minutes? It's it's like going from here to Independence. I mean they're, they're 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 right there. Next one, please. Now we're getting to some of the teaching. This is in Meps, the Bible Middle East Bible Seminary. Um, Chris teaching here. Traditional dinner with uh, this is this lady here is Bugis uh, uh, former secretary. This is. Uh, uh, Fadi, you're a nephew, I think, And uh, but but also just a feel, I mean, you, you're in the semi-reclined and it's just a different style of eating. Uh, next one, please. This is the citadel in Alexandria at the harbor, so that was part of the sightseeing, just, just very nice. Next one, please. Well, that's us right there next one that's uh, that's from the from the citadel overlooking the coastline of uh, of alexandria no that's the mediterranean we were we were on the north side um on the east side of egypt you have the, uh, the red sea and north side you have the mediterranean so there's more teaching and again this here you see actually a photo of the front of the Middle East uh, uh, Baptist Seminary. Uh, next one, please. Now we're in, in Juba, and we were talking to the Episcopalian Church. They showed us around their buildings, and we talked with them about, you, know, the situation of the country and what we could possibly do together. Uh, next one, please. And this is the student body in the hotel compound where we did the teaching. In Juba, including the instructors, Dr. Dickerson, Dr. Joseph, Dr. Wagee, and Dr. Best, and, well, most of the students in the middle. Uh, That was just part of the, uh, that was just part of the, uh, you know, that was part of teaching the gospel to all creation. Uh, Next one, please. Is is that the audio? Can you check? Yeah, it is. Does it play? Yeah, to about two thirty. Yes. Uh... Uh, next one, please. So I just want to give a little bit of impression of, of the singing and what's going on there and how, what it feels like to be in that room of, of Bible students. And actually, there's only one person in this room that I know that can yodel like that.
1: Same <laughs> <laughs> You too?
0: Well, I heard you. I heard you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that's us right there departing. And uh, this, is, this is a guy from Colorado this is our personal security officer. He was, he was a Christian, a, pa- a pastor, but he also worked for police. So we had him around a lot. And he's a student too. So he's everything, right? And these are uh, from the hotel and a lady that helps Wagee with the, with the administration of the college. Uh, next one, please. And there was one time where we almost lost Wagee. Almost. But then there were some circumstances and he got out of trouble and everything was okay. Okay. Who's up next?
2: Thanks, Berno. There should be a clip for this. Here.
1: There used to be
2: all right. So. No. OK, that's all right. I can just hold it. Hey, open your Bibles real quick to Philippians chapter one. Philippians chapter one. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand. We'll get you one. I think we got some extras back there. We need a Bible over here. Just keep your hand up, real quick, if you need a Bible. Philippians chapter one. All right. Paul. Uh, Paul's talking to the church, to the saints at Philippi. It says grace and peace unto you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 1, verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request request with joy. So this would be like me starting off my message this morning to say, and I thank God for all you guys. And I've been praying for you. I've been making requests on your behalf before God. And so that would be true. I do thank God for you. And I do pray for you all. Verse four, always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. Why? Why am I doing this? Why is Paul praying for the church? Verse five, for your fellowship in the gospel. From the first day until now. Okay, so when you got saved, from the very first time when you got saved, you had and you have, present tense, a fellowship in the gospel. Now, when you first get saved, you have two things. You have a transformed life, okay? You are a new creature according to God's word. Old things are passed away, and all things are become new. Okay, the old you, the sinful you, the one who was gonna stand before God someday and have to answer for his or her sins, okay? The one who was separated from God for all eternity because of sin, that, that reality is passed away. All things are become new, and now because you received Jesus Christ, as a substitution for your sin, now you are a child of God. That's what John 1.12 says. As many as received him, to them, that's us who have put our faith and trust in Christ, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And then 2 Corinthians 5, you're a new creature in Christ. Thank God for that. And what you have now is a transformed life. Part of your fellowship in the gospel is just that spiritual reality. Your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, your family, your friends, they're looking at you going, What happened to you? How come you don't come party with us anymore? How come you're not all upset all the time like you used to be? What happened to that out of control temper? What happened to that hate speech you were putting on Facebook every night? What you're different now? You've got that's part of the testimony fellowship in the gospel. We have baptism. When when I get baptized, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, the old me that's gone and the new me that's now risen to walk in newness of life, that picture is, is presented through physical baptism. Amen. What makes baptism so good? It's just that physical picture. I see somebody and I see him go under the water and I see him come back up and something inside me just wants to cheer. It's so good. That person who's getting baptized, they're just doing it because God said to do it. You know what they're really doing? They've got fellowship in the gospel. They are preaching their first message through that act of baptism. If you've not ever been born again, you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He paid for your sins for a reason. And the reason is because he's full of compassion and mercy. He doesn't want us to perish, but he wants us to have everlasting life by putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We're going to break up into small groups at the end of this whole thing. And if you haven't been born again or you don't know, you need to ask the leader of your small group. Make sure you don't leave here without knowing that you have eternal life. Amen. Okay, but listen, here's what Philippians chapter one, verse 5 says, says, you have fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 6 says, being confident of this very thing. What are we confident of? We're confident of this thing, that he which began a good work in you, that is your salvation. That is a good work. <laughs> Aubrey, good to see you. It's good that I got saved. Whew. He which began a good work in me, Okay will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And what the rest of that verse means is that God is at work in your life after salvation to bring you to a point of godliness in your life. Salvation happens in an instant in time, but that process is called sanctification, and that happens over time until the point when we can become mature in our faith Then we start to look like what Philippians chapter 3 describes. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 10. Here's Paul using himself an example. He says, what things were gained to me back then, okay, what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. See, over time, Paul went through a transformation in which he quit looking like Paul, and he started looking more like Christ, and he says, those things that I used to count dear, those things which were gained to me, they're like dung, he says at the end of that verse, in verse 9, talks about the righteousness that he has in Christ, and what's Paul's goal? That I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, be made conformable unto his death. Look at verse 13. He says, brother, and I count my, myself not to have apprehended. He says, I haven't arrived yet. I'm not at perfect maturity, false communicating. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are be- behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Can I just say to someone in here, will you get over your past already? And just start trusting God to move forward. If your past is keeping you in the past, then you're not dealing with it right. Not saying you're not going to walk with a limp. I'm not going to. I'm not saying you're. You you do not have some scars you bring with you. I'm saying there is a way to forget those things which are behind and to press forward. Look at the verse: forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Man, I wish I was more like Paul, who was more like Christ, less like Chris. Right? Okay, so. That's the work, though, that God is doing in our life through sanctification to bring us to that kind of maturity in our faith. Now, why Why do I say faith? Well, because it takes faith because we don't always have eyes to see what's coming. So God's doing this work and he's calling you. He's like, hey, come. Come, drink of the waters. Come and see. Come. Come. You're like, well, I don't know what that's going to look like. He's like, I know. That's why it's called faith. Because we have to to go and do when we don't have understanding. We don't have eyes to see what it's even going to look like. There's things you've done in your life you probably wouldn't have done if you would have known how hard it was starting out. But it's a good thing you did. I mean, you just went forward in faith. That's what the Christian life is like in this process of sanctification. When we get to the point of maturity, what happens is, is we're usable by God because we've learned to die to self. We've gotten equipped to do some things. We're usable by God, and we can take part in the activity of fulfilling the mission that he's given us as the stewards of the age of grace, of the, the church age. He's given us a mission. We're on the planet for a reason, and we should be about our father's business, but Okay, missions is just the activity of the church required to fulfill the mission he gave the church. That's what missions is, if you want a missions definition. All right, so this missions trip that we went on, we went and were a part of equipping and preaching and discipling and training in Egypt and South Sudan. So we spent whatever it was, 10 days or two weeks, however long we were gone, we spent that time on the mission field, taking part in the mission. And I want to present it to you this way, because everybody should go on a missions trip. And here's why. Going on a missions trip will jump you ahead in this process of sanctification and it will give you eyes to see what you don't have eyes to see you know like 40 years of sanctification you're finally usable by God or why don't you go on a missions trip and you know what happens when you go on a missions trip you take your money and you take your time you take your energy in preparation, and in prayer, and what you're doing is you're focusing your life and your resources that God has given you to use to accomplish his mission, and you're actually just separating yourself unto the mission, and it's kind of, so the things that that we did on this trip, we should be doing every day anyway. When you go on a trip, you're going to be investing in kingdom work, separating yourself from this world, separating yourself unto God's mission, taking the resources he's given you and applying that to what he's called us to do. And what happens is it's equipping and enabling in ways that that can jump you ahead 10 years on this whole process of sanctification because it gives you eyes to see what you wouldn't have eyes to see otherwise. And here's what happens on a missions trip. It's kind of like the all church retreat. People go on that and they're like, this was the best week of my life. I'm like, yeah, I know. You know why? It's because you separated from the world for a week. And you separated unto God for a week. You prayed more this week than you prayed in the last year. Cause we got stuck and we almost got arrested. And because of this and, the, you know, and it's like, so then, and then we dedicated our, our finances to, to go on this trip. This trip's expensive, by the way, this is, this is not a cheap trip. Okay. It, it took some, some dollars to get there. Okay. Well, you know, I guess I could have bought, you know, I don't know, a new bicycle. I like bicycles. I could have done that. You know what, though, that's not going to be the best week of my year if I do that. I could have just spent my time reading a fiction book instead of reading up on, you know, how South Sudanese communicate in terms of a mission. So, so what? you guys understand what I'm saying, right? So here's what I'm preaching to you. Everybody should at some point go on a missions trip. Now, this may not be your time. If you're working the program and you need to focus on that, well, then do that, be at peace. But at some point, everyone ought to plan on going somewhere and and taking part in missions. I don't know many people that have only gone on one missions trip. I mean, there are some, but, but most of the time, once you get a feel for it, Man, it's super exciting to just separate ourselves and do the stuff we should be doing anyway, but doing it deliberately and going on a trip. So, so Wagi's gonna come up and, and, and he's gonna, you know, present some stuff. Wagi has the work in Egypt. Wagi has the work they've extended into South Sudan now. It's a good work. Wagi has the, the Arabic speaking fellowship here in Kansas City, and we're trusting God to plant an Arabic speaking church in Kansas City. All right, Arabic and English speaking church. Always leave off English. If you don't speak Arabic, you could still, you know, you can be a part of that. We need some Arab, we need English speakers because that next generation aren't gonna be Arab. They're gonna speak primarily English, the kids. So we need, we need people. But I just, would just encourage you, you don't have to just consider, you know, going to Egypt on this trip. I think you should, you should pray about it. Again, it's it's not an easy trip. It's probably not a good first time trip. Like if you've never been out of the country, I'd probably maybe go to Tampa or Boston or somewhere like that. You can look at our thing. But if you've traveled before and you know about jet lag and, you know, <laughs> have your, pa- yeah, you got to have your passport. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I would just encourage you, um, you know, Wagi's one of us, right? The whole church ought to pray about their involvement in, in, in Wagi's work here. But I think for us, we, we really have to consider it because he's one of us here. So anyway, Wagi, come on up and, and, uh, and we'll get going. Remember, if you don't know you're born again, do not be shy in your small group. All of us at one point had to say, you know what? I think I, I need to know about that salvation thing. Can you help me with that? All right.
1: Uh, you will, uh, uh, you know, this trip for me was a very good trip uh, because uh, I did not go by myself. But I have a team from the church, which is amazing, you know. And uh, <clears throat> when we meet with the other groups, uh, I I used to say, we are MBT, and so the other the other group of of people. I will just to go through praise God that is uh, they paid a lot of money so they can rescue me back. So. <laughs> Uh... (laughs) so uh, next one i will go very quickly with the uh, with the uh, uh, photos and uh, then i will share you at the end uh, what i would like to share you here uh, our missions pastor, pastor chris is thinking how many cameras do we need to the living will class. (laughs) And uh, by the way, in South Sudan and in Sudan, when you go for uh, propose a marriage for a girl, uh, they will ask you how many camel will you, uh, how many cow uh, (laughs) uh, will you you bring? Yeah, so uh, if I'm going to marry Lois, Uh, probably their family will ask about 500 cows or something like that. Yeah, this is a custom in Sudan and South Sudan. And okay, Uh, this is uh, the school in Egypt and this is the bachelor degree is not the master. uh, uh, This is the undergraduate. And we have uh, uh, different uh, students from different countries Uh, They came in Egypt for, you know, regarding their problems in their countries uh, as a refugees. And then they they, uh, came to to the school. Next. Uh, This is all the school. uh, And here, if you can see, you can see some of the uh, uh, Western. We have here uh, two people, not from uh, Midtown. Uh, They are from uh, Georgia and he is the head of uh, uh, organization called Mediterranean Baptist Missions and they are ministering in the Middle East. Uh, As usual, uh, we are as a team of MBT, but behind us is the Alexandria library. Uh, We went to see the library, to visit, to enter the library, uh, but uh, uh, it was closed Friday and Saturday. The library is very, very unique inside and very big, and it is the design, it is an uncompleted sign, uh, sun. So it it means that is the knowledge, you will not reach to the full fulfillment of the knowledge of the information. <clears throat> We are in the coffee shop, and uh, in in Alexandria, and uh, I just would like to uh, you you guys. It is safe in Egypt. We are in the street, and we are just joking, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, Alexandria, there is a famous dessert. Do you remember it, Harissa? <laughs> uh, so we ate Harissa and. Uh, uh, we enjoyed it, okay? Shawarma in the back, yes. Uh, here in the, uh, okay, this is the uh, the the group from the uh, uh, Episcopal Church. This is the uh, assistant, uh, uh, Bishop, and uh, these guys are the dean of their university. They have a university there in Juba. Uh, and uh, we, we, we are trying to, to discover how can we get the accreditation from the government? So we are trying to investigate from, uh, from them all the information, okay? Uh, here, uh, every day uh, we have, we start with the devotion time. And by the way, Bernou did a great job day after day in a devotion for the students. I interpret for him, and uh, I can tell you the student loved that so much. Was very benefit for for all of them. Thank you, Berno, for doing that. Uh, here I have the chance, Berno and myself, only uh, to meet the very head of the Episcopal Church in south sudan that uh, uh, man in his office and uh, uh, by the way this is our uh, student our officer our friend who is taking us wherever we go here at the restaurant at the hotel uh, we joke with the waitress then chris shared the gospel with her uh was was wonderful with with great you remember that chris yes uh this is a class for for pastor best and uh, this is the workshop of the uh, his class and this is joseph his interpreter uh yeah this is uh, our assistant and her baby and she is very cute uh, so Chris uh, would like to take shots with here, but in the other side, can you imagine Chris here and there at the same time? <laughs> uh, this is uh, the students, we saw that. Oh my Lord. <laughs> so now, if we, if we think about it, the missions and we think about the mission trip, like like uh uh, pastor best shared us uh we have in in our church here that is four things you you need to think about them regarding the missions prepare what is the other one pray what is the the third one give or go so sometimes uh probably Some of us. Careless about that. Why I pray for the missions. Why I prepare. I am preparing for anything else. For my personal life. For something else. Uh, But I I can tell you. If you are thinking to get rich. And you get. The amount of the money. You are planning for. And. uh, You will not. Have the joy with your riches. You will not have the joy in your riches, which you may get it if you do something from these four things in in mission field. Probably you will have joy. You can't explain it if you just start to think, pray, give for the kingdom of God. You will not have satisfaction far from these issues. Because, you know, nothing is stable in this world. There is no stability. The only stability in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and our investing in his kingdom. This is what we, we say we are investing for eternity. And it is not just talk. It is a practical way, way. it is a practical life. Uh, let me just say about myself. Uh, why I'm just every, I travel three times a year why i'm struggling with my finance or my support because i am i'm short of my support i'm trying to work with uh, a very uh, job i by the way i'm working at walmart in in before the missions i i never accept this type of job Uh, i never and i start working in hotels industry and riches I was very close to the food and beverage manager in five stars hotels. And then, do you think I can? Oh, no. But why I'm doing that? Why I'm even struggling with my money or my living or my bills or and still doing that? Because I know this for God's glory and for investing for eternity. What if I will be general manager of the... Uh, a Marriott or Sheraton or whatever Then Lose the meaning of life Lose the benefit of Investing in the other People for God's Glory and God's, and God's king, Kingdom You know when you see A person accept Christ And you disciple him And he, you build him you know, Ab, and uh, you, you see this change in his life, this enrich you. Uh, will you open with me Second uh, Timothy 2.2? Very famous verse, and everybody will, you know, know it very well. And for record, I will say the verse in, in Arabic before English. It is very the same meaning. So the things you heard from me, the things you I, I taught you. You, you have to look for some people to invest, to, to teach them the same thing. Not only that, but also for them to teach faithful people, faithful men the same. How many generations can you see in this verse? I'm asking. Who agrees that it, there are four generations? All? Okay. For yourself. Would you tell me which generation suitable for you in this fourth generation? Where are you in this verse? Are you the first, the second, or nothing at all? I'm asking, just think about it. So, sometimes we, we, we you know, sometimes I accept Christ Praise God. I will be in heaven. Relax. Go to church. Enjoy the teaching. Uh, We have a very good company and living well. We have uh, a fellowship. Good teaching. And also, by the way, we have a very good Christmas celebration this coming Friday. Is this coming or the following? This one. So we have... Very good things in our fellowship. Yes, that's good. But I, uh, I'm not thinking for this for generation. It is not mine. It is for Chris, for Christine, for Wagi, for Scott, for Bernou, for Rukus, for no, it's not for me. No, it is for you. It is for everybody. God save you for purpose and the question is did you find this purpose or are you playing your role in God's kingdom or not and I think because of the pandemic uh, we know uh, not we know we have assurance that the life is very short (laughs) Uh, because you know uh, uh, in, in, in Egypt, many youth are just in the ministry pastors, uh, very young and very healthy. And then I discovered they passed away. What happened? Oh, this is life, this is life. So I, I think it is, it is good for us as a class, as a, a fellowship, as a believers, to think, uh, let me say it, that to invest every day in God's kingdom as it is the last day of my life. Uh, because if I have something to say to Scott, and I will, I will no, don't encourage him. We'll, you, you will meet him next week and just share him what you're, if I will die tomorrow, I, I lose this. I, I lose the chance for, for that. So where are you in these four generations? Yeah, probably you did not even accept Christ yet. Don't lose it. Think about your, your life. Think about your destiny. People in South Sudan, we have things, things here. Uh, I think uh, I can tell you, uh, even, even my work at Walmart. When I, I saw the, the food, we just uh, threw it in trash because it is just uh, two days, uh, uh, you know, and people there even cannot find the expired food we are throwing. I am telling you. I, I saw in, in South Sudan, you know, very needy people And also there is needy people in a spiritual way. So we need, we need to think, what is the role of my life in God's kingdom and in, in mission? If we, we look to the, the history, uh, I remember the English missionaries who went to China, and uh, he act like a Chinese. And even the English other missionaries start talk badly about him. When he start share the gospel with people, So one of the Chinese asked him, how long your country know about this loving, good God? How long do you know this Savior? He said, "From long, many, many, many years. So he asked him, why do you wait so long until you come to share us? This is the question for Mr. Taylor. And uh, it was, it shocked me, it shocked me. So just uh, let us measure in our own lives. Uh, Let me speak about my son and my daughter in faith. How long do you, uh, are you become a believer? How many years now? Three. Okay. So three years. Every one of us, just to think, how many years I am a believer and I did nothing for the kingdom of God. Even one year. You remember the 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 man who was blind and uh, Jesus opened his eyes he just said shared his story I know nothing I was blind but now I can see this is what we need to share people this is what we need to tell people this is the mission I taste okay like, like the dessert in Alexandria I know it I share it to Chris and verno. like I taste a good thing so I am sharing the other people this is what I taste try it it is good it will be good for you you like it giving them Jesus and I believe I believe people need Jesus more than anything else so we will have a time for small groups. And I have three things. We need to think about it. Uh, uh, the first one is. Are you. In the first generation. Regarding the second the Timothy 2. two? If you are not saved. If you are not accepted Christ. Ask your leader please. Don't lose the chance. You don't know if you will be here. Next week or not. But both your life, you know, with Jesus for eternity. And also pray. Ask yourself for the four titles in our missions. Are you prepared? Are you preparing yourself? Are you praying for the missions? Are you giving? Are you preparing to go? And for us as a class, as a, 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 you know, living well and as an MBT, we are praying for to blend an Arabic English speaking. When we say Arab, Arabic English speaking people, because the second generation, some of them, like uh, uh, Rukus and Wissam, their kids, have very, very little Arabic. Some families keep the Arabic for their children, like my, my daughter and uh, her American husband. Uh, but to keep all this new generation, we would like to have an English-speaking teaching. Uh, you know, Rukus, I was dreaming that Andrew will be in charge for kids. kid ministry in our church Uh, he is learning in mbt and growing in mbt so we will have him leading the ministry in future by god's grace, god just spoke to my heart a couple days ago about that so english uh, arabic english speaking uh, uh, is there any role you can play in that is there any role you can play Pray, play in that and also for the Egypt and South Sudan uh, we as a church uh, praying that we will have annual trip from the church so think pray be prepared. probably God is you know uh, um, Preparing you to go to do something, to help. There is a room for everybody. And there is a role for everybody in, in God's business. It is very good a chance. We are partner with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are working with him. We are doing his business for his glory. By his power. So these three questions, uh, we need to to be you know serious about them, in in our small groups. And finally, we need to pray for mission focus that we are coming in our church. And by the way, if you did not reserve your room and mission focus, please do that. We have a, a morning sessions. We have an evening sessions. So if you are working during daytime, um, uh, reserve your uh, evening sessions room. And uh, uh, if you ha- can come uh, one of the days or every day, uh, uh, reserve, book your, your place during the morning sessions. Yeah, for people online on Zoom, that is Chris just shared us that. Uh, uh, during the mission focus he is teaching a class for finishing strong uh, uh, it will be in the morning session so uh, if you would like to join uh, uh, in this new teaching a new uh, class so sign for for that class so uh, uh, it will be uh, clear that is how many people how many person will be in each class okay so let's divide in, in uh, and and small groups, and as usual, we have families here and uh, we have, uh, uh, you know,